0: come on in. It is Overtime with John at the Beetle. I'm glad you guys could be with me here on this Wednesday. Weird feeling Wednesday. I feel the voice feels great, though. I I mean, great's an exaggeration. It feels a million times better than it did yesterday. We're just going to power through. Get me to Thursday night football tomorrow. I'll see you back on Friday all ready to go. But I can tell instantly, instantly. And I don't know, Maybe it's because I spent a half hour talking to uh, Boehm and McKenzie and we went over all sorts of different life happenings. I told you, it's all about like the warm-up pitches. Relievers in baseball, you get warm-up pitches. The starting pitchers, you get warm-up pitches before you make your appearance in the mound. Sports radio hosts, you get nothing. They just throw you in front of the mic and say go. That was like a warm-up pitch for me. Fantastic. So the voice feels a little bit better. We'll see how it goes. Obviously... It's a big night. It's a big night for a lot of different reasons. For one, the internet for some reason seems to think that Joe Flacco is limited in practice today, and I'm very confused. It limited in practice with a calf injury? The Browns didn't practice today. How can he be limited in practice with a calf injury if the Browns didn't practice today? I got to I gotta get Forio on the horn. I got to figure out something. We just had Miles Simmons on from profootballtalk.com yesterday. Maybe I need to shoot him a message, Vocal kid done good, and try to figure out what the hell is going on. On that website. Because I, I, I can't figure it out. Is Flacco injured? Is he not injured? How would he be injured if they didn't even practice? It makes no sense to me. But anyway. I feel good. I hope you guys feel good as well. Uh, we have a, a an exceptional four hours. Planned and ready to go for you guys. Daryl Ryder. Our Browns insider is going to join us coming up. At 9 o'clock. As he always does on Wednesdays. A little bit different with this Cavs game in action. Because when the game ends. We'll talk about it but there's no Donovan Mitchell, there's no Evan Mobley, there's no Darius Garland, and yet they're winning by six at the half over Utah. Just went to the half right before we got on. Sam, not Morrell, the comedian, Sam Merrill, and what's he got, 17 points now at the half? He's been absolutely lighting it up. 17 on five and nine from three. Jared Allen's got 14, and it seems like they're off to a pretty good start. It is basically Jared Allen and a bunch of backup, a bunch of backups. There's no other way to put that. When Craig Porter is getting starting time, that's where you're at. And so I'm fascinated to see the fight that this Cavs team shows and whether or not they can hang with the idea that right now they're shooting 38% from three and really lighten up the box score. So we'll keep you posted on all that. Where I want to start with you guys, though, and it's it's, it's just a – I've just kind of been thinking about and kind of just been spitting around a little bit as the game has approached and gotten closer and closer. And I imagine we'll do more even on Friday when we try to really unpack this game and probably in the pregame show as well. But with the news that CJ Stroud is likely not to play coming up on Sunday, still in the concussion protocol, it seems very doubtful that he'll end up playing in this game. Is this a game the Browns should win? And are there any games that should be must win for the Browns? That's where I want to start with you guys. 216474 double 092. One thing I respect about Browns fans is that Browns fans don't put the cart before the horse. Browns fans don't do a game I like to do a lot to be honest. You guys just don't do it. You don't do the auto win game where you start penciling in wins before the games get played. Reminds me of all sorts of different pregame shows in the past. Remember that one? Oh, the one I famously got so wrong. Me and G. Bush, pregame show, Jets game, a couple years ago, one of the COVID games where all the wide receivers were out, and I'm like, it's an auto win. It's an auto win. No such thing as an auto win in the NFL. I understand that. I get that. I am much more hesitant at this point in my life to say, okay, I'm not going to call it out as a win. I'm not going to do it. But what's fascinating to me is that in 24 hours, I went from the guy that is saying we can beat any team in the AFC, and I really do believe that. I do. But I said we can beat any team in the AFC because we beat Jacksonville. We beat the Ravens on the road. We beat the 49ers. We can beat any team in the AFC. But there's no such thing as an auto win. Texans are down their top two wide receivers, Nico Collins, Tank Dell. They don't have their starting quarterback in C.J. Stroud. They lost to the Jets while Zach Wilson and Uber each driver put up 30 on him 10 days ago. That team, we can't call an auto win. And listen, if I heard somebody do a radio show and they came out and they said, there's such a thing as an auto win against Houston, I would swerve my car right into the side of the road. So I'm not going to be that guy. Sorry, it's not going to happen. You think I'm going to be that guy? I'm not going to be that guy. I just find it fascinating that we can be at a point in the season with this Browns team where we're so hell-bent that they can take down any team they would meet in the postseason. But in that same twist and turn, we're also sitting over here shaken at the idea that the Houston Texans with D'Amico Ryans are a team that we should be scared of. Yeah, fine, they're close to a playoff team. They're close to a playoff team when Tank Dell is healthy and not on the IR. They're close to a playoff team when C.J. Stroud is playing like not only the number two overall pick, but playing like a franchise quarterback and then some. C.J. Stroud not only was going to win rookie of the year, and he basically has that in Sharpie, C.J. Stroud three weeks ago was getting MVP votes from certain members of the media. That's how good he's been. So don't tell me that they're they're not losing something with CJ Stroud being out and Case Keenum being in. Everybody would argue that they are. But I want to hear from you. 216474 to below 92. I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by the idea, are there any games that should be must win for the Browns or are they what I'm going to describe to you right now? Are the Browns just a wild card of sorts? You know, it's like a uh, Charlie, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Just a wild card. Just an absolute, utter wild card. Any game they go into, they have a chance to win. Any game they go into, they have a chance to lose. It makes for one of the worst sports radio opinions you can have if you say a team is a wild card because it's the equivalent of, let's see it play out. It's the equivalent of, ah. I think they're good enough to win. I think they're good enough to lose. I got to see it play out, which is not how you do sports radio. I told you guys over and over again until I'm blue in the face. I didn't get in this business to fence ride. I didn't get in this business to sit back, relax, and say, well, got to see how it all goes. I have an opinion. I give you my opinion. I tell you why I believe in something, why I don't believe in something. When it comes to this Browns team this year, where they're at right now with Flacco no offensive line, put together with a bunch of tape and glue sticks, it truly does feel like there's no such thing as an auto win and there's no such thing as an auto loss. How is it that for the same team, I can think to myself, they can take on the Chiefs, they can take on the Ravens, they can take on any AFC team you can dream of, and then in a backup quarterback situation with multiple wide receivers potentially being out for Houston, I'm sitting over there and I'm Ernie McCracken at the foul line and Kingpin shaking in my boots. How how does that happen? How does that happen? Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I think they're just the ultimate wild card. And I don't even know how to classify the Browns, which settles right into this discussion. We're not a heavyweight with the glass chin where we fold quickly. I would say that's more like Baltimore right now in my mind. We're not a dynasty trying to continue on when it seems like the party's over and the tents are being folded up and they're putting away the chairs. That's Kansas City. We're not up-and-coming team like the Dolphins with the vape god at head coach and Mike McDaniel, the young quarterback, speed for days at wide receiver. We're not waiting to break through like the Bills. It's not who we are either. Bills right now, I, I they haven't done anything in the postseason in the Josh Allen era. They're waiting to break through. That's not who we are. There's so many easy ways to identify all these teams. What's the Browns' identity? How do we classify this team? Right now, we're cosplaying as a real football team with all the injuries, and yet it's the best football a lot of us have seen in 25 years. Are we just the defense wins championship section of the NFL? In an era of offensive football, is that what we're trying to be? Are we the defense wins championship section? Honestly, I'm trying to classify ourselves I can't. I want to hear from you. 216474 to below ninety two, though. Is this a game the Browns should win? And are there any games that should be must win for the Browns? Because a loss to the Texans this weekend without CJ Stroud doesn't really seem fathomable to me at this point. I might have I might have double dribbled right there on Fathomable, didn't I? It sounded like I did it again right there. Am I having a hard time with fa- fathomable? I got it right, right? My brain's playing tricks on me here. My brain is a—it's a funhouse mirror of uh, of uh, audible words right now. Yeah, I love my mom and dad, but oh, Ooh. a loss to the Texans this weekend doesn't even seem right. Doesn't even seem like it's on the table. You told me no C.J. Stroud, Case Keenum is going to exact revenge on this Browns team. I don't believe it. It feels like any person they throw out there comes up with the play of their lifetime, and we live to fight another day. How about that Mitchell play on Justin Fields in fourth down? From the clouds, the guy comes on up, makes a game saving tackle. We're down 17 7. Fields converts that first down. It is good night, Jim Kite. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And he makes the play from nowhere. He makes the play, and it continues to happen time and time again for this Browns team, and I I can't explain it. I am past the point of explaining it. But what exactly are we, and why is it that it feels like any game that we have, we not only are in, but any game that we have, we either feel like we have a chance to win, and the idea of a loss seems right there as well. I don't know that I love it. Even that Jets game, that that coming up in a on the 28th, right? It'll be four days after we take on the Texans. Even that Jets game, I'm like, they have a good defense. They beat the Bills in week one of the season. They have some good wins, the Jets do. They don't have Aaron Rodgers, but they have some good wins. I don't know. What happens in that game? Would Browns fans be crazy upset if we've lost in back-to-back games to Case Keenum and then whoever the Jets trot out there at quarterback? Because by that point, who knows who that's going to be? We should, if we think we can beat the Chiefs, we should be the type of team that should take care of these teams handedly. So, why is it we're playing with both sides of the coin? 4 0092. Are there any games that should be must win for the Browns? Or when they take on the Texans this weekend, are you throwing your hands up in the air and saying, listen, this is all gravy? We got to take on. A Texans team without their starting quarterback, but we're on our fourth quarterback and an offensive line that is barely pieced together. I'm okay, no matter which direction it goes. 216-474-0092. We'll get to your phone calls on this. We'll get to your tweets as well. It's overtime. With Jonathan Petel in here with you on The Fan. All right, that's Joe Flacco, who I guess didn't practice today, but according to ProFootballTalk.com, is now injured. I can Followed it up, by the way. Ken got in a back and forth now with Forio. I don't know what's going on there. I can't wait to hear what he has to say at six in the morning, but I don't think it'll be anything different than what I'm saying to you guys right now. How do you have an injury in a practice when the, the Browns didn't practice today? It just doesn't make sense to me. They went through a walkthrough. I, you know, I'm so disinterested. In any sort of report about injuries around the Browns anyway, because when it rains, it pours, and it feels like we've just had so many injuries. But with Joe Flacco in this one, I'm just not taking it seriously. I don't know. Maybe I have a distrust of the Browns with where they stand with everything that happened with Watson. I don't know. But you heard Joe Flacco, and that was Joe Flacco today talking. Joe Flacco didn't mention a single thing, as far as I know, about him having some sort of serious injury or anything that we really need to... Key in on. So until further notice, and I'll keep you posted, I promise you. But until further notice, I think we're in the clear for right now. But I want to hear from you guys, 216 below 92 What I'm asking you guys, are there any games that should be must win for the Browns? The auto win, that I like to call it. Where you go through the schedule and you're like, yep, that's an auto win. The moment that you found out that C.J. Stroud is likely not to play this weekend because he maintains... He's he's in the concussion protocol. Doesn't seem like he's getting out of the concussion protocol in time. You had the report last night from Schefter. More reports today from the NFL Network that suggest that he is not going to be playing this Sunday. In recent weeks, they have the Tank Dell injury. They have the Nico Collins injury. It's just a banged-up football team in Houston. Kind of like we're a banged-up football team. They're a banged-up football team. I'm not scared of Case Keenum. I'm not going to go as far as to say the Browns should beat And will beat the Texans. I'm just going to go as far to say. I think it's fascinating. That I can tell you 24 hours ago. That if we were to match up with the Chiefs. At First Energy or Cleveland Brown Stadium. I would put money on the Browns to win that game. But then when it comes to games like the Texans. And the Jets now in a week. I'm sitting over here like. We should win those games. But I don't know that we're going to win those games. It feels like there's no guarantee with this team. We are the true wild card of NFL teams. You don't want to play us because we can beat anybody. That's why we beat Jacksonville. That's why we beat the Ravens on the road. It's why we beat the 49ers, but we also, in that same breath, feels like we can lose to just about anybody, too. In this year, we do have losses to Gardner Minshew, Russell Wilson, and Kenny Pickett. And on the road, we're different. It's, just a, it's a weird thing. This team is weird. That's, that's ultimately what it's going to be. This team is weird, but I'm asking you guys 216474 to below 92. What happens on Sunday? Where are your expectations? If they lose to a backup quarterback, are you guys calling me up on Monday and you're running around like a, a chicken with his head cut off and the, and the sky is falling and it's doomsday? Or are you thinking to yourself, no big deal, sweep it under the rug? And I almost gave him a, a Tommy Cutlitz right there. Did you hear that? That was almost Soprano style. No big deal. I don't even have that in my arsenal. I almost gave that to you guys. But are you thinking that way on Monday? Not a big deal. Sweep it under the rug. No biggie. We'll get the Jets. No worries. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Jason, gonna bat lead all for us tonight here on the fan. Hello, Jason. Hey. Okay. So I
1: think the reason why Clevelanders fans of the team and you know homers, so to speak feel the way they feel about it is because we've, we've just lived through the Browns disappointing us so much at times where we felt like they should, they should have this game in the bag. I mean, we almost went through it last weekend. So, Mm -hmm. so to, to have any games that we feel like, Oh, we should win. I I mean, every time I look at the schedule, I always feel like I, I sort of mentally pencil games in, but it always seems like those are the games that we lose, and then we go beat teams like San Francisco. So it's like there's nobody that would have put – saw that game on the schedule and said, yeah, the Browns will beat them. <laughs> I don't believe there's anybody that would have done that. So when it comes down to that, it just feels like I think a lot of it is just, you know, us, a lot of fans like – Isn't weird though, Jason? Like,
0: Isn't it so weird? It's weird, right? I mean, it's definitely weird, but it's
1: just <laughs> – it's, but I think that's, and, and, you know, if I, if I, I would bet you that there, because, you know, you always hear about how it's the same old Browns or, you know, like there's, there's a, a sect of, of the NFL that kind of look at the Browns like, you know, the mistake by the lake, all of the, all of those mantras. So when we do well, it's kind of swept under the rug. And they're always sort of thinking like we're going to revert back to this Browns team that shoots themselves in the foot. So I think that's why a lot of people and you know it's like trauma. It's like we're kind of trauma bound to the Browns. A lot, a lot of the fans because it's like we love them, but it's like just don't, don't do what you've done in the past. So I think that's really what it's about. Well, and of and, the teams, yeah. Go ahead. Of the teams that we should be. I mean, if you ask me right now, just for the confidence boost, we need every one of these games. We need every last one of these games that's left. I think we have the team that could beat them. Um, I don't want uh, our CD in the in the playoffs to come down to a division game on the last game of the season. Yeah, I hate to see that happen. So, yeah, I want to win every last one of these games that we have left. And like you said, without C.J. Stroud, without uh, Tank Dell, I mm-hmm. think we have everything we need to win these games. We just can't go into the games overconfident and feeling as if
0: we got it in the bag. Yeah, that's we- got to be the divide there. And, and thank you, Jason. I appreciate you, man, as always. Thank you. Uh, that's got to be that's got to be the divide, right? Like making sure we enter the games not puffing our chest out, not feeling too confident about it, and understanding that we are playing with a Patchworked offensive line, a backup running back, the fourth quarterback we've had for this year, defensive liabilities left and right. Like it's it's an understanding of all that. Basically, what that is, it's recognizing that this team has been playing with all those limitations, but you should still beat this Houston team. And another thing you want to I want to touch on really quickly there. He mentioned how you know, Browns fans are waiting for the other shoe to drop, and this would be the moment where the other shoe typically would have dropped in the past, right? Because you are as close to the postseason without being in the postseason as you can get, and I find it remarkable. With a win against either the Texans or the Jets, we are like 99% to make the postseason. If you really wanted to draw up the ultimate kick to the chandelier moment for the Browns, they lose out the rest of the season and don't make the postseason. That would be it. Lose to the Texans, lose to the Jets, lose to the Bengals. But I don't see anybody thinking that. Because for the same reasons why I can maintain yesterday that they should beat any team in the AFC and they have a legitimate chance to beat any team in the AFC is the same reason why I can turn around and tell you guys right here that it's not a given you beat the Texans. It's not a given that you beat the Jets. They're a wild card to me. The Browns are an absolute wild card. And I don't have any other way to look at it. 216474 to below ninety-two. Roger in DC up next. What's up, Roger?
2: Hey, man. You know, I, I really like how you're how you're 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 putting this into context for us. Um, but let me tell you, man, it's it's really about crushing the opponent at this point. You know, we're we need to be playing playoff football right now. Mm-hmm. Um there's nothing more intimidating than a team that can go the last three games out and come into the playoffs and who we really need to get going is our running backs. And if we can get our running game moving the way we need it to move, then we're going to be unstoppable because Joe is finding his receivers. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 putting it he's putting it on his receivers in a way they, they can rely upon where they need to be. So they're gonna fall in line, but if you if you can get Kareem Hunt going, um if you can get Elijah Moore on the back end of rounds and get him excited, um, if you can make sure that Njoku is just strong where he where he stands. I mean, we're we're talking about we're unstoppable, and whether or not it's an auto, it, it's not even a question of auto. If I'm in that, if I'm in that locker room, all we're talking about is who we're crushing next.
0: See, you yeah. know, I, no, I I see what you're saying, and I think that's part of it. You, you touched a great point here, and thank you, Roger. I appreciate you. We're supposed to think like Roger's thinking. Like here's where we get the style points. Almost like we're a college football team and we got to rise up in the rankings. So we're hey, we're taking on Northwestern. We better win by 35 and make it look impressive. We're uh we're Texas taking on Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. We better win 49 to 12 because we got to make it look really good to get in the college football playoff, right? I just how many people out there really think that we're going to go out there against Houston and just lay the smackdown on him. I don't get the sense that we have that thinking. I think every game is going to be by the skin of our teeth. I don't know that we have a lay the smackdown in us. And this is coming from a guy that 24 hours ago said we could take on the chiefs and beat the chiefs if we if we played him at, at Cleveland Brown Stadium. We played him at home. I don't think I don't think Patrick Mahomes could move the ball against our defense right now. I really don't because no quarterback's been able to move the ball against our defense. But how do you look at this team and then think to yourself, of course we're going to run shot over the Jets and the Texans. Of course we're going to just lay it down on them. And I think that's where maybe the separation is for myself right here. As I'm trying to piece this all together, I mean, think about it. I could tell you guys Jackie Moon is on this roster and you'd believe me. That's where we are right now. Afternoon show was salivating at the mouth to the idea of if we could only have Dewan Jones back on the roster. And I agree. But it speaks to how far this all has gone. They played a game earlier today. You can use the Odyssey Rewind app. The game was which two guys would you want off the IR? They took it for 40 minutes. And and people were interested. And it was fascinating radio. But it was like, that's where we're at. If we could get two guys off the IR in a complete hypothetical. As if they stole some of Aaron Rodgers' ayahuasca. And all of a sudden had these healthy powers. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are there any games that should be must-win for the Browns? When I look at the schedule and I look at, in particular, this game against Houston, that caller's right. Roger and DC's right. This should be the game that the Browns just lay the absolute smackdown on Houston. No C.J. Stroud, no Tank Dell. We'll find out about Nico Collins. This should be the game that they absolutely destroy and crush the Texans' playoff dreams Squash them like a bug. But for some reason, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think it's going to come that easy. I think we can beat any team in the AFC, but, but there's no guarantee that we take care of the easy ones. And there's no guarantee that this team, the way that we're currently constructed, can just run roughshod over any team. That's where the divide is. That's where it's, it's fascinating to me. 2-1-6-4-7-4-0-92. If you're hanging, hang tight. I promise I get you coming up on the other side. Are there any games? That should be must-win for the Browns. Daryl Ryder, our Browns insider, joins us coming up at 9 o'clock as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Peteland here with you on The Fan. All right, back into here on The Fan. Daryl Ryder, our Browns insider, going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Right now I'm asking you guys, are there any games that should be must-win for the Browns? And I'm thinking about the Houston game in particular. Texans lost to the Jets 10 days ago. 10 days ago. They let an Uber Eats driver put up 30 points on him and throw for 300 yards. Score was 0-0 zero to zero at halftime in that game. 10 days, not 100 days ago, that was 10 days ago. And maybe we're not getting credit for how this has all gone down since winning through coaching and solid leadership just isn't seen as glamorous. I understand it. You can't see how the Browns are winning as easily as you can see Tua throwing the ball deep to Tyreek, who is the best receiver in the game, and that's how they win their games. It's harder to tell people that Flacco throws to Elijah Moore and the chains keep moving until he's thrown for 374 yards. There is that element of getting a new neighbor in a fancy neighborhood, right? And then it's like, oh, hey, what do you do for a living? Like, well, I started a business, but I failed, and then I won the lottery, so here I am. Well, you don't get credit for that then. Okay, fine. The NFL world is giving the Browns no credit for winning with a guy off his mom's couch five weeks ago. I don't understand why not, but we're not getting credit for it. We're the epitome of next man up. But because we're living so deep in the next man up, because we have so many different backups playing and our offensive line is a bunch of guys you've never heard of and you follow this team religiously, you're like, all right, I get why maybe Jonathan can be on the radio and be talking to you guys and say how he's confident we could beat the Chiefs, he's confident we could beat the Ravens because we just did five weeks ago. He's confident we could beat any team you want in the AFC and he's also... Confident that on Sunday, even without C.J. Stroud, the Texans aren't an auto win. The Texans aren't a guarantee. The Jets on Thursday Night Football, not a guarantee. And it's a weird spot to be in. Because if Baltimore were to play a Texans team without C.J. Stroud, because they played them with C.J. Stroud, we saw how that went down. But if they were to play them without C.J. Stroud, without Tank Dell, without Nico Collins, you just think to yourself, like, okay, that's an auto win for Baltimore. That'd be the easy consensus. It's a weird line that we're towing here. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Adam in Ohio City. Up next on the fan. What's up, Adam?
3: Hey. <clears throat> so yeah, basically, you know, I hear you saying our, what games are most you know must win games. I think at this point in the season every single game is a must win. But I think a lot of people are just sort of underestimating how important or how difficult it is to get a win in the NFL. I mean, every single team besides the teams at the bottom of the barrel, they could win on any given Sunday. And I, I just don't think a lot of you know casual fans really understand that.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course it's true, but there are odds on these games for a reason, right? Like when the Jets played the Dolphins last Sunday, you're a nine-and-a-half point favorite if you're a Dolphins fan for a reason. Any given Sunday exists, but Vegas will tell you more times than not, Dolphins are winning that game. For sure, but obviously, we all know what happened. The Dolphins didn't win that game. My point is, there's
3: upsets every single week in the NFL. It's not like the favorite's going to win every single time. And that's why people bet. And that's why people love to hammer, you know, the dogs. Of
0: course. Yeah. But, like, I appreciate you, Adam. Yes. And I opened up the show putting out that very fact, right? And it's one thing I respect about Browns fans the most is Browns fans don't put the cart before the horse. Browns fans don't do the auto-win game where they start penciling in wins before the games get played. There's a respect for every other team that I feel like Browns fans have before kickoff gets underway. What I find fascinating, though, and listen, Houston's not a bad team. Houston might end up in the postseason, but without C.J. Stroud and without their top two wide receivers, they're a drastically different team. In most situations, if you had a team like the Browns currently have constructed, you'd be wondering if they'll beat the Texans. But what's weird is that I can take that same roster, that same team that's currently constructed, and talk so much crap in favor of them against any team in the AFC. It, it, the highs and the lows just seem to exist for this team that they're currently built up. That's the unique part of this. That's the part that I I, I find fascinating. I personally find fascinating. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. That guy in Cleveland up next. What's up, that guy? Bonjour, JP. Oh, okay. Now hold on. No, no. <laughs> All right. So Sid Capone's got Mazel Tov to end his calls. You <laughs> want to do? You want Bonjour to be your thing? Is that is that <laughs> no, what you're doing no, to me
3: here? No, the idea I was thinking about. I was thinking, well, what if I what if I opened up with saying hello, but in different languages each time I I. I Got think you gotta find treatment.
0: one and stick with one. I kind of like Bonjour, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> oh I, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. It, it kind of fit you, to be honest. I like, had yeah, Bonjour. And then you kind of, I was talking <laughs> to my little nephew today. He's seven years old, and his name is Carson, right? And he was telling me about okay. this other. He's talking about this other Carson in his uh, school, and he's like, yeah, but you know, he could spell it with the e on the end, and then he could be French, and he could be Carson. And I'm like, that's great. Okay, you keep, you keep doing that, buddy. I'm like, what if he calls you Carson? <laughs> And he got he got all livid right. about
3: that, but yeah. All right, I'll stick with that then. I'll stick with bonjour then. <laughs> okay,
0: good. All right, good. Um, so anyways, Wait, are you getting, get your, my... you getting rid of your your sign off then? Or are you are you trying to double dip on
3: me? No, I'll double I'll double dip it. I'll right. do I'll do it. All right, give me your brand. Yeah, I'll try and do it right this time too. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so anyways, I was you know I'm listening about uh, you know I'm, I'm with I'm with everybody on this pretty much is that we we definitely can win. Against the Texans, I don't see any reason why we can't. You know, they're without some of their best players, including their quarterback, as far as we know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it should be it should be a cakewalk. I mean, Case Keenum. I mean, he, he's he's played good before, uh, but I think this I think this defense is so much better than than you know he could handle. So that's where I'm at with 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 all this. Uh it's a for, for me, it's a first foreshore win against the Texans. Uh
0: anyways. foreshore win. Who? yeah. You're you're sharpieing um, this one. You're putting this one in. Browns fans don't do this. You don't ever give the foreshore win. You're giving me the foreshore well,
3: win. I'm doing
0: it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in, baby. And why and, is that? Um This is where you give your, your tagline. This is where you end it and you give your tagline.
3: Yeah. <laughs> because uh Who's that guy? I'm
0: that guy. I'm that guy. I'm I'm that guy. I'm I'm that that guy. guy. Oh, (laughs) that guy. That was so disappointing. Yesterday we told him you can't have the energy of a dead guy. If you want your own, you want your own signature sign off, I'm okay with that. I told Bowman between the break, I said, when we go to that guy, he's gonna do the who's that guy, and then we gotta go, I'm that guy, and really juice it up, and then he I act like he didn't have a pulse there. It sounded like he tried to sneak it in. Like, who's that guy? I'm that guy. Yeah, like he was scared of his own tagline. That's it. James Bridges gets the tagline now. It's, it's officially, it's moved off. Your new thing is saying bonjour. That's it. That's your new thing. Bonjour. Unbelievable. Ross Tucker, on earlier today, Afternoon Drive. This is what Ross had to say about the Browns and uh, how they've been playing. These are the Browns. You know what I mean? Like when I think of Cleveland, when I think of the Browns, I think of overcoming all the odds. I think of underdog, the whole salary cap's on IR. You don't have your franchise quarterback, your star running back, your top three offensive tackles, and yet somehow with this guy off the couch, like from Jersey, they're still winning games. Like, this is the type of Browns team that everybody nationally, not that you guys care, but that everybody nationally can get behind and be like, dude, that's awesome. That's amazing. I'm kind of rooting for the Browns. Whereas, like, really, like, the next three years, let's say they're good with Watson, like, Pretty much everybody nationally, and again, I I know you guys don't care, but pretty much everybody nationally will probably be rooting against them. You know, like these are like the lovable Browns, the way they're playing right now. When they have Watson at quarterback, for a lot of people, it's hard for them to be lovable. Can I be honest? I don't want the national people on our side anyway. If you're already going to commit to being off the bandwagon and off the ride the moment Deshaun Watson comes back into the fray, I don't want you on here now anyway. Why am I giving you the good times? Why am I lending you the fun times with this Browns team if you already told me that come next September, you're going to be rooting against the Browns and we're back to being the villains? What sense does that make? I, it gets me a little peeved. Because I know this is not how just Ross Tucker thinks. I know this is how a lot of the national media is going to approach the Browns moving forward. We're going to be America's darlings. They're going to love to put up old 38-year-old Joe Flacco and all the different promos. Because there's nothing that the NFL loves more and national media loves more than promoting up people that get the discounts to the matinee at the movie theater in the afternoon as the next everything in the NFL. If you're past 35 years old, they act as if you're 45 and 55 years old, and they love to make it seem like you're doing something that could never be done before. I don't want them. You can, no. You, stay away. Because if I'm here for the Deshaun years, and I'm here for the good and the bad and everything, you don't get me for the great times. The hell is that? that you know what that feels like? That feels like you ever have anyone, uh, any of those buddies, like friends of yours, I had I had a lot of this when I was in uh, when I was like very early in my broadcasting career, when I was in like Haver, Montana and Wichita, Kansas. And I mean, you're grinding, right? Dreamer. Right now I'm 34 years old. I got a night show here in Cleveland. I'm doing all right. No one considers me a dreamer. They just think like, all right, he's a broadcaster. It is what it is. But when you're doing radio in Haver, Montana, people are like, oh, you're you're just a dreamer. That's all you are. You're a dreamer. And you find out really quick the friends of yours that are like, hey, I don't know, man. This guy Guy, he, he, I like him, but he, he's he got some wild dreams out there, doesn't he? Really thinks he can make this broadcasting thing work. It's a well, it's a one-in-a-million shot. What's going on there? That's what this feels like to me. You, you want me at my best, you got to take me at my worst, okay? You, you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to pretend as if you're a faux Browns fans, national media, enjoying the Joe Flacco good times as we win with backup offensive linemen and all sorts of backup players left and right. And then are just gonna what abandon us the moment that Deshaun Watson gets under center? I hate that. Absolutely hate that. No, thank you. Please. No, thank you. You can you can go ahead and and keep your your your, your cheers and your rooting interest and just, just leave it on the front porch. Not interested. All right, Daryl Ryder, our Browns insider, gonna join us next. 923 the fan, looking for a winner, though. Enter the word hats, H A T S at 923thefan.com by the end of our show for your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to see the Cleveland Charge, December 29th at 7 p.m. at the Wolstein Center as they celebrate Margarita Night, presented by Nuevo, where they'll take on the Indiana Mad Ants. And the first 1,000 fans are going to receive a bucket hat. You have until the end of this hour to enter to win, courtesy of the Cleveland Charge and 923
1: fan.